Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on Believe in Soccer, Brian White beats the clock again. For the second straight week, the Red Bull Super Sub delivers a game-tying stoppage time goal, earning a 2-2 draw in Chicago. With three games left in their regular season, they push closer to a playoff berth. The Shet Messing Podcast begins now. Hi, and welcome to the podcast that now recaps fun finishes with Chet Messing. I'm Steve Cangelosi. Some perspective on what we saw Saturday night at Soldier Field. Not since July of last season had the New York Red Bulls scored a second-half stoppage time goal to produce a game-changing result. Now, they've done so in consecutive games. And again, it's Brian White who changes their fortune for the better. Now, normally, a team plays its third consecutive draw the fans and perhaps you, Shep, feel blasé about it all. Not this time. Yeah, Steve, that's the point. And I was thinking about that. I-, I feel like this is three victories in a row. You know, back in my day, we decided every game by penalty kicks. Uh, we didn't want draws. But these last three games, those are victories mentally for the team. And, and look, what do we all want? We want drama. We want, we want chaos, and we've gotten it. These have been three in a row terrific games. If results go their way, the Red Bulls could clinch an 11th straight MLS playoff berth as early as Wednesday. We're not going to go through the scenarios yet. Let's delve into what they're doing well. At halftime of our coverage on MSG, you seemed elated with their performance in the first half. So what stood out? Yeah, I really, I'm going to attribute it to Bradley Carnell. And I'll go on a little tangent here because I think he has really shown his mettle as a coach. And look, we don't know what happens when the new man comes in, but but I'm rooting for Bradley Carnell, whether it's here at New York Red Bull or maybe in Europe, to get a big bump out of this. I, I really attribute the energy, the fight, they're focused, they're locked in, they're not passive, And that's good coaching. I think he's motivated the team. So in recent weeks, Sean Davis has not only made his successful return to the Red Bulls lineup, but also as their team spokesman, the captain had this assessment of their 2-2 draw at Chicago. Grabbing a point here, it's not easy to play uh, away in this league, especially in Chicago. And I thought that the character of the group, um, you know, shined through again. And we're able to grab the, the point on the road, which is something that's really important heading into this final stretch. And you can see the, you know, the group come together. There's a cohesiveness. The chemistry is at an all-time high. I think the belief's at an all-time high. And you can see how, uh, you know, the way we chased the game at the end and, and got the result. I think that that's really important. There are things we need to improve on, though. And I think one thing we talked about after the game is just, uh, you know, being ready uh, to compete for those second balls, being ready to control the game more at times. And I think that 
you know, that's something as a group that we need to to take away from this game. So there was a lapse in the second half, which we'll address in a moment. One thing that's encouraging for this team is that they produced two goals in a game for the first time since September 27th, when they put four on the board versus Montreal. And they did so, Shep, without a minute on the field from their leading goal scorer, Daniel Royer, and of course, Kaku, who will not return from quarantine until Wednesday versus the Revolution. They did this with a bit of a different cast. Yeah, they did, Steve, and that's a that's a good point as well because, look, when when you don't have a big big time striker like Iguain, uh, players like that, you have to get contributions elsewhere. So, what a goal by Kyle Duncan! I mean, that's that's a brilliant goal, and then the scramble at the end and your striker Brian White. I'm laughing about it, right? Because you got Tom Barlow mm. and Brian White, and and it looks like the Keystone cops, right? You don't know whether that's going to go in or not. Uh, uh, really a poor touch by Barlow. It bounced off him rather than going in and then the scramble. But to your point, you, you need to find contributions elsewhere. And I like, I like the deep lying central midfielders as well. Shakowski has always shown the ability to get forward and get off a strike. Caceres as well, Drew Yearwood. So this one, the tying goal, it started with Mark Schakowsky. Give me a thought on Davis, too, before we move forward and talk about the goals more specifically, because uh, this was potentially an awkward situation. You have this guy who's a first-year captain. He's so respected on the team for a 27-year-old. Big shoes to fill uh, the captaincy that's uh, abandoned by Luis Robles. And I wondered about his place on the team earlier in the season. He's played a couple of terrific games to fortify his place again. Yeah, I feel the same way, Steve. And I talked about it early in the season during broadcast off air with you. I was disappointed at times with his play, never, never with his character, his leadership. But he, he was giving the ball away uh, in his own defensive third of the field. He wasn't sharp. I thought these last two games, and I pointed it out during the broadcast last night, especially on the defensive side of the ball, this is the best I've ever seen Sean Davis play. So it's a scoreless stalemate until late in the first half, and this is the play that breaks the ice as Kyle Duncan scores for the first time since August 20th. Hello for Jared Stroud. Here's Stroud. Lays it off beautifully. Opportunity here. Duncan cuts it back. Left foot and a shot. Go! The Red Bulls, the lead of the 39th minute. They're off and running. Brooklyn's own with his third of the year. And the Red Bulls lead in Chicago. I don't believe it. It's Jared Stroud again. What a play by him. The give and go with Florian Velo gets it over to Kyle Duncan. The cutback, and he roofs it. That's a great goal, Steve. There is a statistic that we weaved into our coverage that may have taken some of the fans by surprise, that after Kaku, the Red Bulls midfielder with the most chances created this season is Jared Stroud. He earns his second MLS assist on that play, Shep, and this is turning out to be a valuable 83rd overall pick in the 2018 draft out of Colgate. Unbelievable. And, and, and look, we talked about a conference call that we all had with Jared Stroud a few weeks ago. And you asked him a question about goal scoring, right? Doing everything right, but he seemed a little timid about taking a shot. And after that conversation, 
I think we saw a different Jared Stroud. He always had the work rate, very athletic, but he's been smart. He's been getting forward. He's been whipping balls in when he's in a wide position. And when he cuts to the center, he's looking for a shot on goal. So uh, this kid has been superb. So the Red Bulls took a one nothing lead into the halftime locker room. And at this point, the team had not conceded a goal in the run of play for a span of 350 minutes. Simply put, they're feeling very good about themselves. And then they surrender twice in a 21-minute span in the second half in which Chicago takes back the game. What was happening at that point, and how did this start to slip away? Well, I think, first of all, they came out. I thought the first 45 minutes, Steve, as we talked about, could be the best 45 they've played all season. They let up a little bit. And, and look, Chicago has, has some talented players. They took their foot off just a little bit. Having said that, I think those two goals, a little fortuitous in terms of the bounce, the second one off the crossbar, uh, you know, easily those goals could have been prevented. I don't think they were beautifully crafted goals, but they're goals that happen. A ball whipped in. Uh, he's all alone at the back post. He puts it in. Ryan Mara makes a great save off the post. It's put back in the goal. So I'm not saying they're, they're well-constructed goals, but, but goals happen. I like the way Red Bulls fought back. What did you make of Aaron Long's game? First start since October 7th, he had missed the previous three. Yeah, Aaron Long is great. And, and I, don't, I don't throw the, the word great around. I, I think U.S. national team, look, when, when Aaron Long is, is fit, and hungry and focused on the game. Uh, I think that pairing, Tim Parker, the way he's been playing, those are the two best center backs together in Major League Soccer today. Head coach Bradley Carnell. Now four wins, four defeats, and three draws in the 11 games at the helm as interim head coach. We knew it was going to be a tough matchup, but we know they have certain principles that are, we are aligned with uh, in terms of the style of play. Um, so we knew we were in for a, a you know a, a tough matchup and, and an interesting match, and I think uh, everyone could see it was a real uh, tussle back and forth, uh, and uh, yeah, just a, an enjoyable game of soccer. Um, I really enjoyed the first half, and we go the goal up, um, and then we kind of put our foot on the brake instead of our foot on the accelerator, the gas pedal, um, and then a little bit sluggish out the second half. So yeah, tale of two halves. Um, but again, we show great resilience. We show great uh, fight, courage, and you can see the culture is strong within the team. Um, and the players at all costs, what could they do to get us back on track? Um, so disappointing to have conceded the two goals, uh, which fit along the lines of our style of play. Uh, you know, coming back in the game, second balls and all these type of things. So little, a couple of talking points, things to look at. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, Brian White, good energy. The subs, you know, again, make some good energy. And uh, we walk away with a point again. So Carnell sets up the dramatic finish for us again. When Brian White scored nine goals in his first full MLS season in 2019, at minimum, he supplanted a physically limited Bradley Wright Phillips as the team's best scoring option at forward. And at best, Shep, if you go back to last year, there were compliments to his game as a Brian McBride-style striker, still growing his game, granted, at a younger age than McBride in his prime. What is he exactly? <laughs> <laughs> All I know, Steve, watching Brian White and, and Tom Barlow, if we could merge those two together, because Brian White finds a way to score a goal. 
Sometimes I think he does nothing else but score goals. Tom Barlow is the polar opposite. I love the way he works. I love the way he fights. He, he's a valuable asset to the team. He just can't score goals. <laughs> so that last sequence is, is comedy gold, right? Schakowsky takes the shot. Ricochets off the Chicago Fire player and then Brian White and Barlow. So to answer your question, I don't know what he is, but I'm of the philosophy, and I've said this many times before. I played in the days of Giorgio Canaglia as my striker. If you're a striker, I don't care if you do absolutely nothing for 89 minutes. I don't care if you get back. I don't care if you defend. I don't care if you hold the ball. If you score a goal a game, you're my striker. That's what you got to do. So on that note, second half stoppage time, two to one fire. Is all hope lost? No. Into the Chicago area. This ball drops for Shotkovsky. Mark Shotkovsky gives it a go. Ball takes it a flexion. Headed. Can they finish it off? Scramble for it in the box. It's in. Brian White again. Tie game. Chaos. Absolute chaos. Tangled up in the netting is Tom Barlow. Oh. It should be Brian White's goal. 2-2. <laughs> How crazy is this? The team shows a lot of resilience, you know, never give up. You know, even when we go down, we fight to the very last whistle. And it shows when, you know, we're able to score two goals in the final, you know, minute of the game. Um, unfortunately, it came down to that kind of situation. You know, we want to win these games instead of just tie them. But uh, it shows it shows the, char the character of this team to always fight to the end no matter what. You added after the call, credit the goal to Mark Shotkovsky. Uh, I've arrived at this conclusion. If Kaku's not on the field, he is indispensable in a lot of ways to this team. And he's starting to play as well as that first glimpse that we saw when he began to score goals for the Red Bulls a year ago. Steve, we've seen it many years in Major League Soccer. I don't care who you are, how big a player, where you come from. If you're coming from outside here, it takes a while to get acclimated. Maybe he's really, really just finding his game. Remember, he could play at a myriad of different positions. He could play as a playmaker. He could play wide left or right in the midfield. And obviously, uh, his, his best position was as that holding midfielder with the ability to win the ball and also get forward. So, look, another valuable tool, and we've talked about it. Who, at the end of the day, is going to be your starting midfield players Bradley Cornell has some big choices to make. The Red Bulls and the Revolution have played once this season. That was at New England, a 1-1 draw at Gillette Stadium, August 29th. Moving up from seventh place in the East to fifth or sixth place position would allow the Red Bulls to avoid the Eastern Conference play-in round. If they are going to climb, this is their shot. Simply put, Shep, they have to win Wednesday's game. Yeah, e easier said than done. I think you're right, but it's Bruce Arena and it's a New England Revolution team that, you know, are they good? Yeah, they're good. They seem to be in every game, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they never get blown out. They don't blow anybody out, but they're right there. Uh, the 1-1 against Nashville. So it's going to be a tough game. I don't know if Bradley Carnell spaced out assignments by design, but he always knew that Kaku would be available to return and potentially start this game against New England. Noticeably absent from any playing time, as we alluded to earlier, was Daniel Royer. Never got off the bench in the draw on the road on 
Saturday night at Chicago. And Caden Clark was not starting either. And I'm wondering if this is now being pieced together for the three of them. And this, I think, will be an interesting mix to start together at home against the Revolution because there has to come a point where the coach sees what he has and what works together. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Steve. Obviously, we don't know. I mean, how do you take Jared Stroud out of the lineup the way he's playing? But he played a hard game. He played a great game. He got banged up. So maybe this is the moment. Kaku, Danny Royer, and Caden Clark. Uh, and then who starts up top? I mean, do you, do you keep waiting for Brian White to come in the game at the end? Or do you switch it up? Uh, I don't know, but I'm excited about the game. Three straight draws, but the Red Bull undefeated streak is at a season-high four games. Another point earned on the road. They've been good away from home. Thanks for listening to Believe in Soccer, the Shep Messing Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.